service has been an enormous part of my recovery. The thing about being an ACA or a codependent like me is that giving service can be very tricky because if you've been bending over backwards, being a helper, rescuer, savior, fixer person like me, it's hard to understand how to do that in a way that's healthy, in a way that comes from a place of love as opposed to a place of codependence and desire for approval from other people. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I'm a boundaries coach who specializes in helping women who are focused on what others are thinking and doing and neglect themselves in the process. And I have coached hundreds of people on how to build healthy boundaries using my exclusive build framework. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. I'm an avid beachcomber who collects sea glass, shells, wood, and stones. I am a formerly closeted fan of the Hallmark Channel, especially the Christmas movies. Hello, Christmas in July. I wear fingerless gloves from September to June because my hands are always cold, so I have about 15 pairs. And I get a huge kick out of counting how many days, weeks, and months there are until my birthday or Christmas at completely random times of the year. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. If you like what you've heard on this episode, please screenshot it and share it on your social media and tag me at Higher Power Coaching. This is episode 237, How Service and Recovery Leads to Our Own Personal Well-Being. Before I get into today's topic, I want to say that now that I know that people are looking at my podcast scripts because they're available to patrons in my Patreon group now, I feel a little bit self-conscious because they are riddled with errors. I think I covered my ass because I'm pretty sure it says on Patreon that the scripts are raw or something like that. I dictate my podcast content into a Word document. I act like I'm talking to somebody in recovery, which helps me because I'm an external processor, but I'm actually talking to my computer. Then I go back and I edit it a little bit, but there are so many grammatical errors and spelling errors and stuff. And this is evidence of my recovery that I can let that shit happen because I didn't used to be able to have misspellings or improper grammar in my own fucking journals that nobody ever reads, including me. So the fact that I can pre-release my scripts to people and my Patreon group with all these errors is an unbelievable miracle. If you weren't aware, I've added a new tier to my Patreon group, which allows you to get early release podcast content the week before the episode drops publicly. You get the script, then a couple days later, you get the actual episode. No one else sees the scripts. That is exclusive, and no one else gets to hear the episode early. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up. Anyway, 
here we go for today's topic. I was working with a fellow traveler in my ACA program the other day when we read a paragraph that's only three sentences long and both of us were like, holy fucking shit, there is so much there to unpack. The way that she talked about it really helped me to better understand it. And the way I talked about it helped her better understand it, which is why we work with fellows in recovery. While we were on the phone, I drew a sort of a diagram of what it was saying. I guess it's more of a flow chart than a diagram because it helped me to understand it better. Now, this paragraph was in the Big Red book. And for those of you not familiar with the ACA Fellowship, the book is entitled Adult Children of Alcoholics, but it's affectionately referred to as the Big Red book or the BRB. We read the top paragraph on page 354, which is chapter 10, The Importance of Service in ACA. And I call this the stealth chapter because that sounds like a nice, innocent title. Like, oh, it might be pretty light, not too heavy. It's about service. Wrong. I have every line underlined in four of the first five pages of the chapter. That is how dense it is. It's one of the heaviest chapters in the book. And the reason it's so heavy is that it's based on what are called the identity papers. When ACA was breaking away from Al-Anon and Alateen, where it started to become its own fellowship, the founders created these identity papers to distinguish ACA recovery from other recovery programs. Okay, so here's line one of this dense paragraph. Quote, the purpose of service in ACA is to support one another in becoming responsible for our own well-being. There's more after that, which I'll share in a moment. But before I go into that, I want to say that service has been an enormous part of my recovery. The thing about being an ACA or a codependent like me is that giving service can be very tricky because if you've been bending over backwards, being a helper, rescuer, savior, fixer person like me, it's hard to understand how to do that in a way that's healthy, in a way that comes from a place of love as opposed to a place of codependence and desire for approval from other people. In other recovery programs, we're told we're selfish, self-seeking, etc. But the thing about a lot of ACAs and codependents is that we have been taking care of other people our entire lives. We've been focused on people-pleasing, rescuing, fixing, and saving others. So for us to be told, you need to give service, that's a real tough one. When I got into recovery, I quit everything I was volunteering for. And I was like, you know who I'm going to volunteer for right now? Barb. And that's what I did. And it wasn't until recovery that I learned how to give service from a place of love, which really has worked for me. I would say that other than doing the 12 steps, being a sponsor is the thing that has strengthened my, my recovery the most. Um, though I have given many other kinds of service. And it also helped me to give service from love when I came to understand that giving service strengthens, strengthens my recovery, especially when I'm talking to a newcomer. 
The AA Big Book says practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. That is why carrying the message is built into step 12. Now, of course, we want others to recover, but that's a huge bonus we get from our own recovery by carrying the message. I heard the story about Bill Wilson, the founder of AA, who came home to his wife Lois after about six months of carrying the message, saying to her, none of these people are staying sober. It's not working. And she was like, oh, yeah, you're staying sober. And that's when he realized how important it was for his own recovery to carry the message. When I am continually telling my story to newcomers about what it was like before recovery, what happened, and what it's like now, I cannot possibly forget who I am, what happened to me, what it's like now. And that means I'm never going to forget the importance of my recovery program because I'm talking about it all the time through my recovery outreach, being a sponsor, and through this podcast. I'm helping other people, but I'm also strengthening my recovery. I've learned that I can't keep what I have until I give it away. So anyway, the paragraph about service, it says, quote, the purpose of service in ACA is to support one another in becoming responsible for our own well-being. We lose our sense of personal responsibility when we are forced to separate from our feelings. Without emotional integrity, our actions become scattered and unfocused, and we are helpless in responding to our essential need for love and care, end quote. Now, let me break that down bit by bit. I'll share what I understand it to mean to me. It says we are forced to separate from our feelings. What that's referring to is that if we grew up in a dysfunctional family, having feelings is usually pretty fucking scary because that makes us super vulnerable. It's not safe to express feelings in a dysfunctional family because the adults don't know how to manage their own feelings, never mind those of little children. So we typically either disconnect from or bury our feelings or morph them in some way. And that's why feelings work is such an important part of recovery in ACA. It's also an incredibly important part of the work I do with my boundaries clients too, because it's feelings that stop people from setting boundaries. Typically, they're feeling guilty and shameful. Like they shouldn't make requests of other people or shouldn't say no and that sort of thing. All right, back to the quote. We're forced to separate from our feelings, which makes us lose our sense of personal responsibility. In other words, it's like these feelings I'm having, they're not my property. I'm not in charge of them. What that looks like is when we say things like, he made me feel this way or she made me feel that way. The reality is it's not what other people are doing or saying that is making you feel things. It's your perception of what they're doing or saying that's causing you to feel a certain way. I'll give you an example that you can probably identify with, which I guess is why we give examples, isn't it? So people can identify with them. If you've ever had somebody that you don't really like say something to you and it totally sets you off 
And then someone else that you care about says the same exact thing and it doesn't bother you at all. That is a perfect example of how it's not about what people are doing or saying that's causing your feelings. It's your perception or your perspective, what you make of what they say or do that's causing your feelings. I love the example that Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School gives. She says, you only get upset if there's some belief in you that the thing that they're saying is true. So she gives the example, if somebody says to you, you have blue hair and you don't have blue hair, you don't give a shit. It doesn't matter that they said that because you don't buy into it because you know you don't have blue hair. But if they say, you're being selfish, and you question whether or not you're selfish, you're going to have some feelings about that. You're probably going to feel ashamed and maybe guilty about being selfish. But if you were 100% certain that you are not a selfish person, then it's just going to sort of roll off of you. It won't matter to you. But when we have to separate from our feelings because it's unsafe to have them in our dysfunctional family, we lose our sense of personal responsibility because we don't take responsibility for our feelings. We act like they are not ours. And that leads to having no emotional integrity. Or another way we talk about that in ACA is to say we're emotionally intoxicated. The opposite of emotional intoxication is to be emotionally sober, which is the goal of the ACA program. It's actually what Bill W. called the next frontier after physical sobriety in AA, that is emotional sobriety. When we're emotionally intoxicated, our actions become scattered, that is, we become reactors rather than actors, and we're then helpless to respond to our own needs for love and care because we don't believe that those needs for love and care are our property. We believe our feelings are not ours. So we're constantly seeking approval from the outside world because that's where we think we're supposed to get it. And the irony is the only place we can get what we're truly seeking is internally. Even if we get external validation, it's not likely to have the effect that we want if we're not giving approval to ourselves internally. I tell my clients, it's fine to seek others' approval, but only once you have your own approval first. And that's why in ACA, the solution is to become your own loving parent. Now, that can mean a whole range of things. Becoming your own loving parent can be really complex, but it can also be as simple as being good and kind to yourself. All of this is why we need people to give service in recovery. We need it to support one another in becoming responsible for our own well-being. We need to give service to create an environment in which people can heal from all these wounds, where they can learn to take responsibility for their own well-being or become their own loving parent. Some of what will come for the person will be through giving service with love, but it definitely can't come unless service is given in the fellowship in general. 
because there wouldn't be a fellowship if no one was giving service. All right, I think I am done deconstructing those three sentences. For those of you who aren't familiar with the BRB or Big Red Book, it's almost 650 pages. Not all of them are that dense, of course, but there's a lot of really great stuff in there. The first time I read it, I was flipping through the pages going, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. This is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. But I didn't know something, quote, happened to to me before I read it. So if you haven't read it, I urge you to get your hands on it. And before I forget that flow chart slash diagram that I created, that is also going to be available in the Patreon tier where you get the pre-release podcasts. Have a great week. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work 
is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.